Hey, Shmuel. Kia, thank you for having me back here. It was a great time. I would hope you come back. Yeah, I came back, yeah. Like, we had a good time last time, so I decided to come back. I, I'm very glad. Uh, I had a great time, too, and hopefully we'll have an even better time this time. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, what did you think about last time? Um, I thought it was a great time. I think we had a lot of, we had good conversation. Yeah. Um, I thought you brought up a lot of good points. Yeah. And, I mean, I definitely learned a thing or two um last episode so i'm, I'm looking forward to hear, learning more things and hearing some nice uh, thoughts of torah and thoughts of life and um whatever you have to offer we we oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah from my perspective <laughs> yeah let's do it um yeah i also feel like last time went really well um i just think it's it's good to give a disclaimer to everyone that last time we really set like a strict deadline for ourselves yeah and then like things just got crazy all of a sudden for both of us yeah. but we pushed ourselves to do it anyway um yeah. but i think like it's important to push yourself and that's part of life trial and error to to try to fall to fear to keep going <laughs> that's what makes a true leader that's what i say <laughs> uh, stole that right from the <laughs> commentary um but yeah Let's, uh, yeah, so we're, we really feel like um, we did a lot more preparation as far as um, the topic. Yeah. And we really want to, like, just because this week's Parsha is like very similar to Parsha Tzav. Yeah. It's very similar to Vaikra, where it like, talks about like sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like, I think we're going to delve a little bit more into sacrifices. Or, sorry, you know what? Let me take that back. We're not going to use the word sacrifices. Okay. Because that is not an accurate translation. Really? It's not. It is not an accurate translation. Um, so we're not going to use that word. Um, so Enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No problem. So let me find my notes on this. Okay. So um, korban means something which draws close. Right. From the karev. Like. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that, so thank you for enlightening me on that. Um, like Kiru. Kiru, okay. Right? When someone, when a person is doing, you know, going out and doing Kiru, right? You've heard that term before. Yeah. It means that they're bringing people back, you know, close, bringing people back to Judaism. Right? Um, I, I did want to, like, like just pick on one, one thing that you said in the beginning of the, of the, of your uh, monologue, <laughs> which was that, like like last episode, like we we did, we like really pushed ourselves, and like that's kind of like like what, these are like the days. Like I'm in very like Pesach mode right now, like especially because like like we're cleaning, like I'm doing, you know, I have my own little, uh, you know, like I mentioned to you, like some of the stuff on the side, like I'm, you know, um, doing some stuff on the Haggadah and like, different stuff that we have preparations. So, like I'm in very Pesach mode right now, and I know like you mentioned this before that that's like kind of like what Pesach is all about. Um, which is really like pushing ourselves to our limits. You know what I mean? Like, you remember, like, the rabbi was telling us, um, it was like, you know, back in the first, first Pesach that, that we had as, as Jewish, as a Jewish nation, um, there was like countless, uh, items that God commanded the people to do that were like, if you look at them in like, in like, a, in, in each individual, like, it was like, an impossible task I'll, I'll, I'll explain it was like they had to 
first of all, they had to get a brit milah, right? If someone doesn't have a brit milah, they can't have korban pesach, right? Then um, they had to like not only this was like the first like korban that they're bringing um, as like a whole entire nation, and all these people have been slaves for the past hundred whatever years. Like nobody knows all the laws and halachot about korbanot. So not only do they have to go get a brit milah on erev pesach. They have to go learn half of Shas, right? They have to learn half of what the Torah has, which are all korbanon and this, halakha and that, halakha and that. They have to learn all this stuff, right? Master it, because they have this korban coming up. Then not only that, but there's like a dozen halachot that have to do with the actual korban pesach, right? It has to be a lamb, right? They've had this lamb sitting in their bedroom for three days. Then there's like a number of halachot that the lamb, first of all, has to be whole, right? You can't, like, break any bones. Um, it has to be ro- roasted over a fire. There's no cooking. There's no um, searing, you know, any of that. So what are you going to, you know, put through the, you know, um, through the lamb to hold it over the fire, right, to rotisserie? So you can't use metal because metal gets super-duper hot. It will roast it from the inside. You can't roast it. I mean, you can you have to roast it over a fire. You can't like sear it, right? You can't use like wood because wood gets very hot, moisture will evaporate, it will boil it from the inside. You can't use plastic. First of all, they didn't have plastic, but plastic will melt, like right? Then you, they didn't have any of these uh, any of these items. So it turns out, whatever I'll I'll, I'll spare you all the all the nitty gritties. But it turns out there's one type of wood that you can use, which is pomegranate. It doesn't uh, give off that, that type of moisture enough, so much moisture when it, um, it doesn't give off moisture when it, when it uh, gets on, you know, gets heated up. So that's the one they use. So, so hold on. Now they have to go every, how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have to go find a pomegranate sticks, right? <laughs> Where are you going to find pomegranate sticks in Egypt? Yeah. So not only do they have to go to Brimila, not only do they have to learn half of Shas, not only do they have to go find a pomegranate stick, Right? And they're like bleeding on the floor. <laughs> and they have to like shech- and all these things. There might be a couple, couple more things that I'm forgetting. But all of these things for what? And, but Hashem is commanding them to do this. And what? Do you think what they didn't do? They didn't do it? They did it. When the people push themselves, that's exactly what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get at. When you find out how to push yourself to your, your maximum limit, but like, you know, we, we did it the way we did it. We did it. We were organized, you know, semi-organized. So it came out well, right? So you can't just like jump into a thing and I don't know what I'm doing, right? If you come into something, you're, you're pushing yourself. I, I, I prepare as much as I can and let's see what happens with the rest. You know, that's when, um, that's when uh, amazing things happen. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a testament, all the things that you said um that we can achieve and accomplish way more than we think way more than we think is possible yeah for ourselves um so i agree um so yeah we pushed ourselves and uh as iman our friend iman uh, always says um fail forward you know fail forward. and so mistakes are in an inevitable um but that's part of life i think that's part of being human yeah. too um that that's inherent in being human that you make mistakes um but that's better than 
just being cold and timid and not putting any effort into things and not putting effort into accomplishing. Um, and so when you recognize you're going to make mistakes, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to avoid them. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try yeah. to improve upon them. If anybody tried to, if any, sorry, if anybody didn't try to, you know, jump into the unknown, none of the great things that we have nowadays would have happened. For sure. For sure. And as a matter of fact, I, this is like totally off topic now, but whatever. Um, I just think it's really interesting that if you read a lot of the Torah, it's literally just either the Jews or even a lot of like forefathers and, and prominent figures in the, in the Torah making mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I just find that really interesting. Not, like, the Torah is not scared to like not hiding that fact. Yeah. Right. And I, and I love that. I love that because it's not, it, it shows that one, the Torah itself, God sets ideals for us, but there's no expectation that we need to achieve our ideals. And also, I think even more amazing is that there's not a false delusion that there are people that are perfect. Right. You know, even the greatest even figures, the yeah, the greatest figures in the Torah, like it explicitly speaks about the mistakes. And also um, the Jewish people, there's this idea. And I feel like a lot of Jews say, we say this about ourselves. We're like, oh, like, yeah, it's so haughty and arrogant that we call ourselves like, we call ourselves the chosen people. But if you read, <laughs> if you read the Torah, like if you read the Torah so many times, God is angry with these people and with us really. Mm. And just showing our mistakes so it, i just find that i just find that really poignant if yeah. i pronounce that correctly i hope i pronounce that correctly p-o-i-g-n-a-n-t yeah I, I hope i pronounce that correctly. yeah but um i find that very poignant i'm gonna say it again <laughs> just 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 wrong with it. um yeah please do um yeah so i think that's i think that's a beautiful message poignant. and a Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, I think it's a beautiful message um, because it, it kind of shows, to me, it shows the truth of the Torah because it, there's no like, th there's not a false delusion that these figures were perfect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. So now I'm interested to hear what is the correct translation of. Uh... Of uh, Okay, yeah. Let's talk about this, because this word sacrifice is not the right word. Okay. And I feel as though it's a influence that has come upon living in Western societies um, and just throughout history, other people adopting the Torah for their own purposes and misinterpreting these terms, these terms becoming ubiquitous within their societies. And then when we live in their societies, we equate these terms. Yeah. And you see that a lot with a lot of words. So let's, uh, for example, Korban, it's not 
this idea of a sacrifice, it's not a sacrifice in the sense that this is an animal offering that's necessary to this word. I for sure don't know how to pronounce. I, I don't know if it's a swage or a swage. <laughs> I don't know, but to, I'm just going to, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, one, of, one of those pronunciations, um, the anger of, as rule, well, it means to like, to like pacify, to like, it means to mitigate their anger. So like, so if I wanted to assuage or assuage you, I would try to cool down your temper. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it's not meant to cool down an angry God who's bloodthirsty. And as a matter of fact, um, the slaughtering itself is not part of the ritual. Um, and like we talked about last time, it's not about, oh, like we talked Maybe about part of the ritual. So the slaughtering itself can be done for, for most of the offerings. It could be done by anyone. Oh, and it's not part of, it's not part of you providing an offering right. to God. Okay. Um, and it has so, to be done, obviously. No, it needs to be done for sure. But what I mean is that it's not what we envision in our minds of some person standing on the top of a mountain with uh-huh. with fire and smoke and a giant blade and the the apex of the of the like we're not describing as, uh, an offering in our sense here, but to use the word sacrifice is the apex of it is slitting this animal's right. throat and blood gushing out of their <laughs> their neck. It's not yeah. it's not really it's like it. wading in a pool of blood, like walking mm-hmm. around like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really that. And also I wanted to mention that is very interesting that if you there's a certain opinion um let me see if I could find it. There's a certain opinion that the um the, this this process of offerings oh here okay so actually it's a famously controversial view of Maimonides the Rambam mm-hmm. which is a huge he's a huge figure he's one of yeah, the towering figures so this isn't some random person saying this but that the sacrifices were not what God would have wanted in an ideal world and what he wanted was avodah which Shmuley please translate for us. Well, avodah is, you can translate, I mean, you can loosely translate it as like work, but it means service. Okay, yes. Service. And then, um, so he, God wanted the Jewish people to worship him in the sense of acknowledging his goodness. So I, we can talk but about why that. But why does this matter? But why does this all that matter? Okay, so we'll get to that. Really quickly before that. I just wanted to say that this was for it's it's really about coming closer to God as the word korbanot means like to come close. So to touch on your question right now, which is an excellent excellent question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, why does it all matter? I, I also I said that in a weird way, but it's cuz it's like an inside joke with my friends. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> So, okay, that's an excellent question. And it's something that I, I felt 
like is very important to address, right? Because if we talked about how the point of this podcast is not to convince anyone to become religious. And if you want to go down that route, fine, great. But I see it from the perspective, and I feel like we shared in this view that you there needs there should be everyone should have a desire and see the value in having a relationship with God because in my opinion having a relationship with God is not about it's not about God God doesn't need us right he doesn't need us to praise him he doesn't need us to do things for him right he just doesn't need it. Um, and so I feel like there's a misconception that believing in God, reading the prayers, doing these things, people feel like it's silly because they're like, why would I do this? Why would I go out of my way to do these things, to read these things, to say these things? And you know what? Honestly, if 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 the, if your perspective is that it's for God, I I also think it's silly, mm-hmm. you know. But having a relationship with God, believing in God, really is for you. And I really I meditated on this concept for an entire day almost, and I really think I not not that it was my own ideas. I think I think I drew a lot on what uh, I've learned from others in the past, but I really felt like I came up with a good logical reasoning for why it makes sense to believe in God. And then from there, you could take it to why it makes sense to want to be close to God. But okay, so hear me out. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking that if you believe to believe in God is to is to believe that the world has a purpose is to believe that the world around us is not just happenstance yeah right so otherwise think about the juxtaposition things or yeah things about think about the flip side of that where everything's just random mm-hmm. there is there is no purpose to the world. Mm-hmm. There is no purpose. There's no purpose to the universe, and then there's no purpose to the world, and then there's no purpose to, excuse me, to, to life as living beings on earth. Mm-hmm. And then by, by, by transitive reasoning, there's no purpose, purpose to us. Right. And so, okay, there's that perspective. And there's a there's perspective that there is a purpose. And I feel that believing in God is acknowledging that there is a purpose. That it's yeah. not random, right? Yeah. And if you believe that it's not random, okay, then you believe what you do matters. Yeah. Right? So if what you do matters, then that means you matter. Mm-hmm. What you do matters what I say to this person, what I do during my day, what I think, 
what I strive towards, it makes a difference. Yeah. It has an impact for a greater purpose. And I just feel like that in and of itself is reason enough to, to even if you can't, because nobody is claiming, and if you, if you talk to the greatest sages, nobody is claiming there's concrete proof like visual proof mm -hmm. that God exists. Yeah. Nobody is claiming such a thing. So even if you have trouble grasping that, I feel like for your own sake, for your own self-respect, it makes sense to believe in God. Otherwise, otherwise, what are you doing? What, where, otherwise, where is the respect for yourself? Where is the belief in yourself? Because then, then we're just animals. Then we're just roaming around. But you know what the crazy thing about all of this is, in my opinion, is that we inherently already know this. We inherently already know what we do matters. If I, if I were to go kill someone, it, it doesn't, that thought doesn't sit right with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's a reason. There's a reason it doesn't sit right with you because you know, you know, you're taking somebody's life. You know, you're having an impact. If, if you, if God forbid you went and killed someone with a family, you're having an impact on that person's family. family. You know, if I, it doesn't even have to be that extreme of, of a example. Yeah. If I, if I yell at my friend or my sibling or my parents, you know, I'm, I'm bringing a negative energy into the world that is, impacting how they feel and then they might impact how someone else feels and then they might do something that they know isn't for them that isn't that isn't necessarily conducive to peace and so on and so forth and so i think that it's to to put it as how someone else told me that there's like a responsibility anyway i'm talking a lot i like it keep going <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, do you have any thoughts? Honestly, I, I have to. I would have to think about that. I, I okay. don't have much to add. Okay, that's fair. Fair. That okay. sounds very nice. So, so yeah. So, to our listeners, um, thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> Just going on a like. Long I, I read season. this. Yeah, please, sure. I read this book. It was called. It was called, Jewish by Choice. Have you read it? Mm -mm. I borrowed it from uh, from Joe. Um, what was her name? He yeah. he has this book. It's called Jewish by Choice, and it's like it was like I wouldn't say it's like a hard read, but it's like very, very like I wouldn't say technical. Like it took me a while to like read a paragraph and then read it again, you know, to like really like break it down in my head. But I'm not gonna try to like I'm not gonna try to like relate. Because it's it's a, it's it's not he writes it very like I don't know, it's like weird because it's like very simple English it's English eh? very simple you know simple wording but it's like he's like trying to bring like a very complex concept which is which is he get you know it's called Jewish by choice but it's like breaking down the belief in God into the the belief in the Torah and the kind of like all the stuff that you just mentioned 
and like kind of like breaking it down in like an understandable way. I I, I would I, you should read it. Um, that's what I'm getting at. If you get your hands on it, um, that'd be a really good uh, really good read for you. So, what was the ultimate takeaway that you that you felt like? So, to be was honest, relevant. I only got to like two chapters of it before okay. I was like like. It wasn't like something you could just like read on your leisure time. Okay. It was like something you needed to like pay attention while you're reading. It was it was definitely not like a novel or any of that. It was something that you definitely needed um, needed your head, you know, while you're reading it. And like it would it would it, you know he kind of like tried to he, he broke it down step by step. You know, prove one thing, go to the next. Prove yeah. one thing, go to the next. Um, and that was uh, that was something that I really enjoyed reading, but you know, I had to give it back to him just because I, I had it. it. Took me so long just to go through um, a couple chapters. He said someone else yeah. wanted to borrow it, but anyway, uh, I would just you know you should uh, if you can uh, if you can get your hands on it, definitely okay. a good uh, good resource. Okay, all right, thanks. Jewish by choice. Okay, I'll check it out. But yeah, so pretty much going back to what we were talking about. I feel like believing in God is for you. It's, 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 you wake up every day, you wake up every morning and you think like, okay, I'm not just blowing in the wind. We're not just dust in the wind. I have a purpose here. I, and it, it gives you a certain level of self-respect in my opinion. It gives you a certain level of value. I should be jumping out of bed. If you remember that in the morning, you know what I mean? I woke up. Oh my gosh, that means I have stuff to do, right? I have sure. I have something to get done today. You should like literally jump out of bed, like just get moving. For sure, for sure. So really, I want to emphasize that saying all these things is I didn't say all this of oh why should you believe in God? Oh why? So everyone listening could be like oh you know what? Like I'm gonna go um, grow peyot and go to yeshiva and. Uh, hide away for six years and, and yeah and keep kosher it's not that's not the point it's not the point of this the point is that this is for you this is for us this is for us it's not about and and that's I, I, as a matter of fact a lot of what i want to talk that we want to talk about about the korbanot is exactly that that this korbanot is not it's not about some bloodthirsty sacrifice it's about are you striving to have a relationship are you acknowledging your purpose are you acknowledging that we're not just dust in the wind yeah you know and it, it says it multiple times it, it said it says it multiple times that it's god doesn't want it's not about the the korbanot there, there's certain parts in the um the certain parts in the Haftorah, which is some of the other parts of the, the five books, um, it's eluding me right now. Oh, I mean, like, for example, there's a part where Shmuel. Um, it's Tanakh. Hello. Yeah, yes, Tanakh. Tanakh. Yes. Um, chastises King Saul, saying, is Hashem's desire in elevation and peace offerings as much as it is in obedience to the word of Hashem? You know what the backstory to that was, right? I do. But do you want to explain Go for it. I think it should be fun. That was just, I mean, whatever, if you want to. That, that, that was like, Shaul, like Saul, he was, you know, he was crowned king of, of the Jews and his 
main objective was to wipe out the Amalek, right? Which is the most hated thing. You know, they 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 are they hate the Jews the most, and we hate them right back. <laughs> and that you know they they kind of like waged a war against against um, against God, kind of thing, but also against an ideal, a mindset, mm-hmm. which was that when when the people the man are fired up to do something good they came right they were the first nation that attacked the jews right out of egypt and they didn't care right? everyone was like freaked out but the, they just came out of 10 plagues they just came out of the splitting of the sea who's going to touch the jews what kind of a you know brainless move was that by the you know amalek to come and attack the jews but they did it anyway right it's like you jump into a boiling hot pot right so that you you cool you end up burning, but it gets cooled down for everyone else, right? It's like what kind of a terrible thing is that? That you know they, that's a, that's what they did. They wanted to cool down the Jews. They were on a super duper high, and they came and they attacked them, right from the back, from the woman and uh, you know elderly woman, children, or you know the stragglers. They came. That, that that was a terrible thing. So the main objective of the king of Israel is to get rid of these people, and. Uh, and so, therefore, um, when Shaul came and uh, he attacked them, he brings back. He says, like, he had mercy on the on the animals and on the, you know, I don't remember all the details. Maybe the woman, children, whatever. He has mercy on them. So these people bring and and so the Navi Shmuel comes and he's like, "What's this sounds of cattle? Like, what are these noises?" He's like, oh. I brought animals, the fat animals. I brought them for Hashem. And Shmuel's like, does God want your korbanot? God told you to do something. He told you go and kill all these, kill the animals. Because you know why animals, why, why kill the poor animals? These people back then, they used to do black magic. They could shapeshift into an animal. <laughs> it's getting a little crazy. Right it's getting crazy. <laughs> These guys were doing shapeshift. I'm not kidding. Like, they would stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in any case, but that, that was the, that was the objective, and he brought all these animals, and he's like, "What? I want these animals. Kill the, get, get rid of these animals. I don't want your korbanot. God didn't ask for your korbanot, your sacrifices, right?" And that's where that's where uh, yeah, you know that that story uh, goes on. I think the ultimate point is that it's not about it's not about these processes. It's not about because a lot of a lot of people say also like oh this this book it doesn't apply to us now what are these practices and whatever but you see it and as a matter of fact um, one of the things I mean the prayers today that we do um, are a replacement for the the korbanot and so to me that's just clear proof that. I mean, forget, I'm not, I'm not saying this to say like, oh, you should start going praying three times a day. My point is that it's clear proof that it's the, me- it's the message behind it. It's a message behind it of like, do you want to acknowledge, like, like, not do you want to acknowledge, but you should acknowledge your purpose. You should acknowledge and acknowledging your purpose is for you. So again, it's not to say like, it's not to say go become religious. If you want to, great. The point is that once you have a relationship with God, once you acknowledge that you're not just dust blowing in the wind, you have 
a totally different perspective on life. You have a totally different perspective on your life and on your value and what it means to be living. And to take that a step further, that's relevant to every aspect of your life. It's not something to say that, okay, go become go become religious now. It's to say that you you enjoy material things. Okay, fine. But we all know, we all know it doesn't take, a lot of this stuff is human nature and it's all stuff that we know innately. There's only so much enjoyment you can get from material things. Indeed. And it fades. It fades. The enjoyment fades. You you buy, you could buy a $500,000 car and after a few months, you forget. Speaking from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, how did you know? (laughs) You saw my Ferrari in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All three of them. Actually, <laughs> we're supposed to tell people that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's about. But no one's saying don't don't enjoy material things. But so this goes to my other point of okay. So fine. Hopefully, at least you could see why it's important to why really believing in God could be for you. You know and. Okay, like, where's the proof, this, that, whatever. That's a whole other discussion, maybe another time. But then the next question becomes, the, korba, the korbanot are about coming closer to God. Why should you want to be closer to God? Yeah. What does it matter? Again, because we talked about, it's not about God. It's not, this is for us. And it's not for us to just become mindless zombies it's about for us to just recognize that we matter, recognize that we make a difference. And so when you are enjoying a material thing, okay, for what purpose? For understanding that this isn't the end all be all, that this isn't, these aren't, these aren't the main things in life because yeah. otherwise we're just animals. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I think that, Yeah. So what do you think? So you mentioned a good point, which is that we really all, everyone is, we're all chasing. We all want the best for ourselves, right? We want the best pleasures that we can get. I'm not talking about, you know, things that are um, prohibited, you know, just simple things, right? We want to have good, good food. We don't want to eat trash or um, you know, unhealthy stuff. You know, you want to have good food. You want to have nice, you know, nice clothes. You want to have a nice apartment, nice house, whatever. So if we want to like, if we want to like derive the most pleasure in life, we kind of like, I feel like we have to like try to connect to the source, right? So the source, which is Hashem, God has created all that pleasure, right? So like, wouldn't it make sense if that's what we want to try to get closer to him, to try to connect to that, to try to like tap into that, um, you know, that source. And I, it's possible that you can even say that, that the manual of that is through the study of the Torah. Right. What do you mean? 
because like we've mentioned like i i like a point that i like to like think about is and i've people have asked me on about this before which is like i remember someone asked me like how is it how is it that the, they, they say the torah teaches everything right i people have asked me that question very directly and like i used to have difficulty answering that but like it kind of gets gets easier the more you study it which is just on a simple level i don't want to get into like you know the nitty-gritties of it but this on a simple level just to teach good character traits at least right the question there's a bit i'll i'll interrupt with a question right why does the torah start from where it starts right the bereshit right the creation and um the stories of the forefathers up until i should have started with the first mitzvah that the jews got coming out of egypt what did it start from which is and it's it really is that because you have to learn all these stories about the simple right our forefathers where did our roots come from first of all second of all look at all the good things that you know look at how they behaved right look at all the little things right we learn derech eretz we say derech eretz kadma torah learning how to be a good person right First, you have to learn how to be a good person, and then you have to. People think, oh, I, I'm a good person, and that's it, right? <laughs> I heard someone say, you're a cardiac Jew, right? Right? I'm a good person inside, in my heart. That's good. That's the first step, right? The second step is where we come, at, right? Which is Sefer Shemot and, and, and onwards, which is exactly that to learn all the, you know, quote unquote, the rules, which is. The learning of the Torah, so we do kind of have to learn all these good, you know, the the good traits. And I, like I, I mentioned a couple of examples last week, um, and even uh, last episode. And I'll, like I'll even give one one small example how we can even learn something, you know, something so so something so small, but it's so profound from one one verse in the past in the, in the Torah. Excuse me. And that's, and that's kind of how, you know, I, this is just one point, but you can learn so much. It's so deep. The Torah is so, so deep. Little, minute things. One, one small example was that, um, right, with these harshia, these are, are all talking about korbanot, right? So one of the verses says, okay, if a guy did a, a sin, right? he did a, 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 we call it a shogeg, he brings a chatat, he brings it. He did something by accident, unknowingly. Let's say he forgot it was Shabbat. He woke up Shabbat morning, Saturday morning, or he totally forgot it was Shabbat, like zoned out, like, you know, it happened. And the guy goes, turns on the light, uh, checks his WhatsApp, checks his emails, whatever, and then he's like, oh my gosh, it's Shabbat, right? So that's Shogek, right? You totally forgot it was Shabbat, and fine. So that kind of stuff, you have to bring Chata. So it says, the Pasuk says this directly. The guy that brings a chatat, he has to bring it in the same place as the ola. A korban ola, which is something that goes completely up to, uh, gets completely burnt. As if to say it goes up completely to Hashem. There's like so many types of olas, olot, if you will. There's so many types. A, a guy brings a, uh, he's a he, he did an, 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 uh, an, he was a nazir, right? A nazareth. He has to shave his head or whatever. After the whole thing, he has to stay away from wine. Uh, the whole process, fine. But after that, after the whole body, he brings an Ola. Or it's uh, Pesach, Sukkot, or Shavuot, one of the three, Shalosh Regalim, one of the three times we go, is to bring a thing for a Chat. So there's like, and that's just a couple of examples. There's a couple more. 
So what's the point? Who cares that he has to bring this sin offering in the same place as this offer, the Ola offering? Because Hashem is so careful on these people's feelings. Imagine this guy did a sin, right? He feels bad about it. What do you think he's bringing a korban for? He feels bad. He already did his repentance, right? And I, maybe if you want, we'll, we can even uh, talk about, you know, there's different stages to repentance. And this guy, we, I'll, I'll, if you want, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the different stages of repentance right after this. But he did a sin. He did a sin. And now he wants to bring, he felt bad. He wants to bring this offering. Poor guy. You think he's going to show up to the Bet Amikdash, right? The Holy Temple, and he's going to be like, okay, everyone, see, I'm doing this korban, and this one is clearly, I did a sin. The Torah explicitly states, put, do it, do the whole shrita, do all the stuff in the same location as the Ola, so that it's more private. I don't know, if someone sees him doing a korban over there, I don't know what he's doing. He could be bringing, he could, I don't know, maybe his wife had a baby and he's bringing, I don't know, right? Hashem is so careful on this guy's one verse. That's one puzzle that I just told you. All this, I'm speaking for five minutes. All that is encapsulated in one puzzle. And if that's the, you know, and that, this is like the source of, of, of all wisdom. And it's a source of, you learn, you get, you get, when, as you're learning, you gain so much, it's a source of pleasure, and which is Hashem. Hashem is a source of all pleasure. Hashem has created the pleasure. Why wouldn't you want to connect to that? And his manual, his manual, he gave us five books, plus all the Talmud and Mishnayot and everything that comes along with it. All of that is really a manual to gain the most pleasure out of life. Why wouldn't you want to connect to that? Yeah, that, that was an that was excellent description. Um, and I think going off of what you just said, I think you really touched on two important things. The first is that, well, you could learn how, how do you become close to someone? It's really by emulating them, okay. you know? And so I really think pretty much what you're saying is that th there's lessons to be learned. I mean, imagine, imagine we all had that sensitivity yeah. towards other people, yeah. you know? It, and th that's what I'm saying. It's, it's what you, you can take these lessons and apply to your life. For you know sure. what I mean? Like you for see sure. somebody that's in an in a uncomfortable position, you know? You can, you, can, you can always do something to try to like help them out. Like I'm, yeah. so many times you see in, in the... In the synagogue, like the guy walks in, maybe he doesn't know how to pray, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But you see the guy's like flipping through the thing. He's like, he's like by by page thirteen, while everyone's on page one hundred and thirteen. Like the guy doesn't know, know, like he's reading stuff that most people don't even read, or you're not even supposed to read. You know, this happened to me like like two weeks ago. Yeah, like I see this guy sitting next to me. He's not where he's not holding. So like, <laughs> I went over to him. I'm like. Do you want me to help you? Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. So I showed him where you know, Shema Israel and Shemona all that stuff. Like I showed him where it is, and uh, you know, and then after after the prayers, I I I went over to him. I'm like, come sit down with me for for like five minutes. Give me your siddur. We went we went through. We wrote, you know, in a siddur, like read from page here to here, here to here, here, all that. But like, you have to be sensitive, and that you know, and the only way I know that I know how to do this is is by learning how to be sensitive. Of course, to other people and to the surroundings. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, for sure. Because when you do things for others, it brings joy to your to you. It brings brings joy to yourself. Um, brings peace for you, and and 
you're doing something for someone else and that person is encouraged to pay it forward yeah. and you just it, it's in every aspect of your life um it just creates it, it builds better relationships um and it allows it allows you to to be the best version of yourself because mm. when you show gratitude when you have humility all these things one just going back to what we were talking about it shows that it's an acknowledgement that i have a purpose that the thing that i'm grateful for is not by accident you know and and that i i i'm trying to live to my purpose because i'm not just here dust in the wind you know and so if i treat other people well it makes an impact on the world mm -hmm. and then it also makes an impact on me and i think that's really important because i think i mean what there's that there's that saying um i'm not saying like there, there's a parable of I, I forgot who it's by maybe you can check but at first i tried to change the world oh is that who it was I, I tried to change the world and it didn't work and then i tried to change my community and it didn't work and then i tried to change my family and it didn't work and then i tried to change myself and then i realized i started making a legitimate impact you know what i mean like and then this is you're talking about a person that literally ended up changing the world he ended you know. up changing the world there you go there you go and so it really starts from you it, anything in life and it's it's about it's about every aspect of your life it's about elevating yourself it's about making your your inner peace, your happiness better. When you're grateful for something, what does that do for you? What does that do for you? It allows you to keep going instead of dwelling on what you don't have. It allows you to have peace and serenity and happiness instead of anger or, or a feeling of lacking or jealousy or this, that, or whatever, which keeps you from striving keeps you from moving forward it keeps you from being the best version of yourself and then not only that you're not really a pleasurable person to be around right. <laughs> you know when you, you, you don't know you're stepping on eggshells as they say yeah right? you don't know when this guy is gonna snap for sure and that's like another i mean this is like you're you're, you're kind of like uh, you're kind of like hinting into the topic of uh bitahon, right trusting mm -hmm. right which is like it, if you believe what you just said, right? If you believe in all that, that there is a purpose and it's, it's, a, it's a specific purpose. It's not just, you know, God just dropped you and he was like, okay, peace. You know, there is a specific direction that, you know, the master of the universe is helping to guide you. So then this guy steps on your toe or this guy looks at you funny or this guy, you know, did something that bugs you. So you, you can think about it and be like, look, I don't need to get angry. There's something, there's a master plan here, right? There's something working behind the, behind the scenes, which is, you know, betachon, it means trusting, trusting in advance. It's not, and it's not, I don't know if you say like blind, you know, blindly, but the, the crazy part is that it's something that's so tried and tested that when you, when you, you know, you bank on, on God, you know, help making sure that, you know, that you don't get angry, 
or you don't let things get to you or whatever, that things kind of like play out. And it's so tried and tested that it's, it's at least in my head, I, I don't know, you know, it needs work, it needs work. And in my head, it's like such a true matter of fact, you know, that it's, it's kind of like, I mean, one day it'll get very easy, but it's, it's something that constantly needs work and it's like getting easier. Yeah, for sure. I think going off what you were saying, um, this is all things that we feel inherently. Yeah. We know, we feel it. We feel when we, we aren't living our best selves. We feel when anger gets the best of us. We feel sure. when our just kind of animalistic desires it's it's natural in all of us jealousy anger maybe to different degrees and if you feel you have a good grasp on x y and z fantastic that's great everyone has a different starting point either naturally or just circumstances but there's always stuff that we need to there's always stuff to be worked on and there's always ways that we can improve yeah and we know we know that inherently even if even if you're even if you don't study Torah you don't think we all we all put effort into living our lives better we all put effort into and our point is just that it's all here it's all everything you need everything you need because these things legitimately make a difference. And we, we know it does. We know. And we know it because none of us go around being angry tyrants. Right. And all of us see the effects of jealousy. All of us see the effects of, I mean, think about it. Humility, for example. How can you grow? How can you push yourself? How can you, if you think that you know everything? Yeah, you're just the greatest. Like, <laughs> right. Listen, everyone has varying degrees, you know? Um, and by the way, all this stuff, stuff that I suffer with, I'm sure you do too. This is nothing like, it's just the point is that, are we trying? And I also wanted to talk about, I mean, because you were talking about the sin offering. And I also want to talk about this word sin because mm -hmm. I feel like, and we touched on, we touched on it a little bit thanks to you in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel, I, I feel it, there's value in touching on it again. That it's also a mistranslation. It's, right. and it's also a, it's also a concept that I feel has been hijacked and, by by way of that something that is misunderstood in our in our in our culture, culture. Um, because this is not something where oh my god god has this irrational expectation from you and you have to just abide by it. And if you don't, you have to appease this angry being that wants to kill you. Right. 
like sitting there with his like teeth and claws like ready to like pounce on you. Yeah, I mean this is not the case at all, and this is why it's not about it's this is applicable to anyone. Sin, it's not. This is not the right word. the The word in Hebrew is chatat, right? And you touched on this last time, where it it's means missing the target. Um, I right. looked so into you this. Missed, you, like you missed the opportunity. Yeah. So Chet appears in the Torah in reference to a slingshot, which missed the target. Um, there's nothing inherently bad about that slingshot. Rather, a mistake was made due to a lack of focus, concentration, or skill. And how should we feel about making a mistake? There's also this expectation of, or this, this thought maybe by some people that, oh, okay, like I should feel I'm a bad person. I should feel yeah. I'm horrible. No, as a matter of fact, that's completely the opposite. As a matter of fact, that's destructive. That's not good at all. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do see that in people and maybe even religious people and just because someone's doing a wrong thing doesn't mean that that's the way it should be yeah and that doesn't mean that it yeah that doesn't mean it's the right way um that being said it's more just okay it's it's more it's more regret in the sense of a positive acknowledgement that i'm I'm fine. Me, who I am, Kia, Shmuel, whoever else, there's nothing wrong with me. Okay, so I missed the mark. I failed to live up to my potential. Which again, these things, a lot, we're talking about things here that are things that are for us. Things that are for us, not something to appease an angry God. It, a lot of these things we talk about, it's things that we know inherently aren't good for us. Things yeah. that we know inherently that we, we so there's some things, and I'm not even going to get into it, but anyone can use their imagination. There are certain things that, okay, you feel you have this desire, this physical desire to do X, Y, or Z, or whatever. But then afterwards, you're like, I feel horrible. Mm. This is not like, this is <laughs> this did not do anything for me, and it made me feel worse. You know, yeah. there's countless things in that regard. Sure. And so it's not about having this perspective that I'm trying to appease an angry God. It's things that we know inherently, and it's a guidebook. And so when we talk about chatat, sin, which, you know, we're just using it because that's the translation that we have. It's more like, okay, I did something that wasn't beneficial for me yeah. that brought me into a lower spiritual state that brought me farther from who I am. And so you were talking about teshuva, which means um, repentance, which is also a mistranslation, which is also a mistranslation. <laughs> teshuva, the literal translation is, is to return, to return. There we go. But to return to who? Return to what? That's it. Uh, that lies on your perspective. Lies on your perspective. You could say it's returning to a, a perfect state you were when, like, when you were a baby. 
right? You want to return to that as if to say like a new, like you're a newborn baby or to return to, to back to, you know, back to baseline, <laughs> to who you are, to your potential. And it's okay. It's, it's inherent that as human beings, we make mistakes. That is the definition of being human. Yeah. Something that I had to learn the hard way so long. Seriously, I would always get upset at myself for making a mistake. But it's not that to not make mistakes is to not be human. A lot of this sometimes like stunts your, your personal growth, right? Because you're like, oh, Diga, I'm such a bad person. I'm so like another and 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 you a person might think like why should i like who cares like why should i be better like i'm a hypocrite if i want to be better right and the funny thing is that we're all hypocrites anyway in 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 the in the in the in the way that anybody that has ever grown in not just spiritual right any person that has ever grown in any form is a hypocrite. You say, the guy that I was yesterday, you know, not good anymore. You think that you're a hypocrite, that you want to grow? No, especially you should be a hypocrite. You say, the guy that I was yesterday was no good. And that's, and, and, I'm, and I want to be a better person, right? You can't say, stunt, you know, stop your growth and you'd be like, well, DK, I'll do Anyway, I'll just be a hypocrite if I keep if I if I want to grow. No, even better, be a hypocrite. Any single person that became a better a better person or became a successful person or, was a hypocrite, and that's okay. And I don't. And you know, that's something that we can really like internalize and just try, try to keep moving forward and not let that stop us. Yeah. That better person, I would think you mean to live up to your potential. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's like one thing my grandma always says. She's never compare yourself with, you know, the next guy. Who the only, there's only one person you should compare yourself to. And that's the guy yesterday. It's you yesterday. Facts. Now, if you could start comparing yourself with the, this guy and the, that, Bro, every single person has their issues. Like, you don't want their issues. You don't want their life. You don't want it. Like, they're, uh, <laughs> like you have people that they, oh, my gosh, that guy was just telling me all about his problems, and, oh, I don't want his problems, right? And then the guy will hear your problems, and you'll be like, oh, thank God I have my problems. I don't want his problems. And they're literally talking about the same. You don't want each other's problems, right? Even, even problems that you are, have had already, and you've gotten over them, and, you're, and someone is telling you about the same problem that you've had, you're like, oh, thank God I'm over that problem, right? Everyone's got their issues and everyone's got their, you know, their baggage and you can't compare yourself to them and you should just let them uh, you know, grow on their own and you should just compare yourself and be one step higher than the guy that you were yesterday. But like another important thing that has to do with, with, comparing is is not just you know you have to also be consistent with it you know you can't just be like okay i'll change today like but then tomorrow fall off of it it just doesn't it just doesn't work you have to you really have to be consistent with it right yeah you, you want to start a class you want to start a podcast right <laughs> the main thing right the way you get the way you get successful is just to keep going at it week by week 
you know it takes a month um to get used to doing something you know that you haven't i mean uh, some people that you know they're going to a class at 6 a.m right it's hard getting up in the morning then it but like it takes it takes a while to at least your body gets used to it like you know so they say that the guy was telling me like he started waking up like even without an alarm 5 a.m he just starts waking up oh yeah i'm awake now like you know even on a even on a weekend when there's no class but um but that's a you know another another you know if you have something to say on consistency but that's something like really important not just in you know not just looking back and and saying uh that was the guy i was yesterday this is the guy i am today but who am i going to be you know moving forward also yeah i mean actually in this week's parsha um which it's um it talks about uh, the torah goes out of its way to describe um the process in the mishkan um, which okay. is the tabernacle, that they did everything the same way. Right. Um, and that every step of the service was the same way day in and day out. Yeah. And it talks about how a really important lesson that can be taken from this is that if you want to accomplish something important in your life, you have to do it in a way that's consistent and continuous. Um, and as a matter of fact, there's that story um, about Rabbi Akiva, Mm-hmm. Um, with the the drop of water and the rock, um, and I think that it's a very relevant story because it's the, pretty much the story goes that he saw that a drop of water kept falling on a rock in the same place. It was like by the ocean or something like that, mm-hmm. and this drop of water kept falling in the same place on this rock, and he saw that the water made like a dent by in the, the rock. He, by, the time, by the time he was seeing it. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. By the time. Yeah, exactly. By the time he saw, he saw that this water, who knows how long it's been dripping there for, but it's been dripping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This drop of water made a dent. And so this is like, this is profound, honestly, because if you think about it, how long did it take for this drop of water to make a dent and this soft drop of water making dent on this hard rock. Mm. And it just goes to show that if you consistently do something, and the same thing, you know, in the same place, in the same way, it, it eventually is going to make a dent. It eventually is going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think one, one thing also get is... Get through your thick skull, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it just has to be something to get through your skull, but it's just something that you want to accomplish, you know? And I think one thing that's also really interesting is that the drop of water is, is it's a soft drop of water. Mm-hmm. To me, that tells me that it doesn't have to be some grandiose action, you know? I mean, think about it. How many gallons of water had probably dripped, you know, dripped <laughs> at that point, right? Let's say it was, it, was, it was a million gallons of water over, I don't know, 100 years. Let's say, right? That made that dent. So now let's say I, want, I take another 100 gallons and I pour it on this rock. What's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah. It's the same amount. I did the same, put the same effort, right? I put the same amount of effort into, right? But like, it's not going to have nothing, zero. It's going to do nothing. Wow. You take 100 gallons and pour it on this rock, a million gallons, whatever, right? And then you, or you take a million gallons over a period of 100 years and you drip it, and that's exactly what happened. That's really interesting. I never thought about it that way either. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't have to be some giant action. And as a matter of fact, it's, it seems from your point that sometimes that doesn't matter. We can do, we can work out for four hours one day, but like 
it's not going to make that big of a difference. You're, just gonna be sore. <laughs> yeah, you're better off working out 10 minutes a day for a year than just working out four hours one day or something like that, right, you know? Right, right. So yeah, to your point, it, it matters that you, you do these small actions and even small actions can make a difference. And listen, let's say one day, let's say one second or one day that drop of water didn't land in that place. Okay. It's, is that it's the not, end of the world? No. no. If you keep going, it'll, it'll make a difference. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the key things that you see um, from Judaism, this concept of consistency in any aspect of your life. Because when you do something consistently, it, it eventually makes a difference. But I like that point. Even if you miss, imagine like one, you, imagine you missed one drop in the middle of those hundred years. Like, do you think it made a difference? You missed a drop. Okay, fine. Come back tomorrow, right? And make that drop. Yep, I like that. I like that a lot. So hopefully we're gonna come back next week. And we'll make that make drop. that drop, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we'll make a difference. Yeah, we'll make a show. Okay, we'll be back next week. Yeah.